Hey, what's up guys? It's Naomi here, aka the Aspiring Apologist. I hope you've all had a great week and especially a great summer. My summer was pretty interesting. Uh, I actually did an internship in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, you gotta say it like you gotta say Louisville. You can't say Louisville. You gotta say Louisville. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a ministry internship. Uh, I would get into more detail about it, but I... I don't want to get into too much detail on the podcast. I need to, like, focus. But if you have any questions about it, you can DM me or you can ask me in person or whatever. But, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I learned a lot. Uh, So it was definitely a worthwhile experience, and I'd love to share if you want to ask your questions. But to get to the podcast now... We are going to talk about love. So, before we get uh, head deep into this, we need to know what is love. Not the song. Like, genuinely, what is the definition of love? So, I put out some polls a while back when I wasn't basically on a Sabbath without telling y'all. Um, I'm still very sorry about that. I should have communicated that. But, anyways, on the polls... I got a few answers. So, um, one I got was agape, unconditional sacrifice in love. Another one I got was breaking down barriers just for reconciliation and salvation for all people through Jesus. And another one I got was placing others first. And so all of those are very biblical. You know, the agape, unconditional sacrifice in love. That's the love that God has for us. That's the love that Jesus has for us. Um, and then the other one, um breaking down barriers for right reconciliation, salvation for all people through Jesus. So through nothing else but Jesus. I really like that emphasis there. And then the third one was placing others first, which is a biblical principle. Uh, just uh, realizing and humbling ourselves uh, to realize that other people's needs matter. And we need to place them first and because <laughs> Jesus placed our needs first and... So we should follow after Jesus and do the same. So, in contrast, what does the world think? How does the world define love? And if you look at culture, like secular, modern culture in today's world, love is genuinely generally seen as not to cause any discomfort, uh, to accept, to tolerate, to uh, affirm, And especially the key thing here is that love cannot hate. However, I'm going to go into a little spiel here about uh, something that I heard one of my favorite preachers, Paul Washer, say in one of his sermons. And basically, I can't remember what the sermon was, but it was talking about love at one point. And he basically said that in order to love, you must hate. And... To tighten that up a little bit, he means uh, you must hate what is sinful, and you must love what is holy. You must hate what is bad and love what is good. You must hate what is unbiblical and love what is biblical. So he uses a few examples. Um, I think they were like, if you love Jews, you must hate the Holocaust. If you love children, you must hate abortion. If you love black people, you must hate slavery. And so, 
you know, if someone were to be neutral about the Holocaust, abortion, slavery, you name it, we'd look at them like they're evil or crazy or psychotic. It's hateful and completely evil to be neutral and affirming of any of any injustice or anything that goes against the Bible. You see, it's essential for if you love someone, you must hate the things that would, uh, in the long term, hurt them. Uh, and we're going to dive a little bit later into the practical side of what this means. But So, now let's go back to our biblical standpoint and look at a few verses. So, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Romans 5, 8. But God shows his love for us that in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. John fifteen twelve. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Back to Romans again. Romans 12, 9 through 13. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So, two things that really stick out to me that were mentioned in two of these verses, specifically in the same way, just kind of in a, a different wording. The First Corinthians verse says, It does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth. And then the Romans 12, the very last one, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. So both of these verses are saying that to love, you must hate. To love biblically, you must hate what is unbiblical. You must not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoice with the truth. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. You see, it's a, it's a consistent thing here that if we truly love, we're gonna hate what is evil. And what is evil is what goes against the Bible. What is evil is untrue. Biblically. So then this leads into our next question, which I have asked this before. I still ask it sometimes and ponder it. Uh, and other people have asked me the same question. And the question is, can a non-Christian display biblical love? And this is just my opinion, my interpretation. You might have a different one. Uh, that's okay if you do. I would love to discuss it if you have a different interpretation. But I think, sort of, I think the non-Christian can show aspects of God's love. However, it's very difficult for the non-Christian, the unregenerate mind and spirit, 
and person to show the full picture of God's love. And the reason why is because, as we have just said and went through the scripture, in order to love biblically, you must love what is biblical, love what is true, love what is right, love what is holy, and you must hate that which is an injustice, which would be anything that is unbiblical, anything that is sinful, anything that is unholy. And so if you're a non-Christian and your morality is not influenced by the word of God, then how could you hate that which is unholy? And yeah, there's some things that are built into basic human morality of like, you know, murder is wrong and the Holocaust is wrong and slavery is wrong. But when you dive deeper into the reasoning why for if there's no basis of the Bible, then it just doesn't make sense. You have to have a reason and the reason would be um, out of a biblical basis. I'm also a believer in total depravity. And I believe that because we are totally depraved, we are inclined to be uh, selfish. We are inclined towards selfishness. We have the natural, uh, that's our natural state without Christ, is to be selfish. And so I like to use this example of, and it's hypothetical, I'm not saying this is true for me, but let's say that I want to, for some reason, uh, go and clean up my childhood bully's house and make them dinner and then clean up after making the dinner, mow their lawn, take care of the kids, change the diapers, and all this stuff for them that I don't have to do. And then they still continue to be rude to me and mean and hateful and bully, I guess you could say. Or they don't even say thank you. Every single person, no matter how selfless you are, would be offended. Even to the slightest. Because part of us is, we, I think the human mind also has a sort of legalistic tendency. And it's like, we do this thing, so somehow we deserve this. And so in this instance, it would be, I do this thing so I somehow deserve to be reaffirmed in my ego. And that's kind of a very harsh and blunt way of saying it, but that is what it is when you take off all the layers and look at the core of humanity and what, with this particular situation, uh, that is what it is. Our ego, and we want our ego to be fed. And so, for Christians, I do believe, yes, we can show biblical love. However, I don't think we're going to be perfect at it. And it's not to say that we can never, ever show any aspect of biblical love. Like if you're married, like in your marriage or with your friendships or how you do things in life, how you treat others, you can. Because for the Christian, our motivation is to glorify God and to bring him glory and to lay aside our own needs. And although 
that is our inclination. We, as humans, we are going to fight that until the day that we die. Until we get to heaven, we're going to have this struggle. We're going to have the struggle of being selfish. We're going to have the struggle of being self-righteous. We're going to have the struggle of having an ego defeat. But once we get to heaven, we'll be complete. And so, just to sum it all up in a few short sentences, um, for the non-Christian, I would say partially. They can show aspects, but it's just extremely difficult for the non-Christian to display biblical love because a lot of aspects of morality regarding why and how this looks and just going deeper into depravity is just harder um, for the non-Christian to display biblical love. Uh, And for Christians, it is, we can, because our basis of truth is the Bible, but it doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, and that's okay, because even in our struggling and our wrestling with our sinful nature and our total depravity, we are also glorifying God because we are showing that we are not perfect. And this doesn't mean you should just embrace your sin. It's just we realize that we're not going to be perfect and that the only way that we could ever be enough is through Jesus. And you know, it's like, we can try to read all these self-help books and do self-love and like yoga and eating healthy. But in the end, that's not going to change us. The only thing that is going to change us is Jesus is the precious and holy and blameless and pure blood of Jesus. Only Jesus can save us. Only Jesus can give us and grant us the ability to be able to show and display biblical love. It requires regeneration of the spirit, regeneration of the mind, regeneration of the body, regeneration of the person. And so, no, I don't think non-Christians cannot display aspects. They can, but they cannot show and display a full picture. So, we are the Aspiring Apologist podcast, Naomi. So, how does this tie into apologetics? And I'm going to bring up the First Peter 3, the classic um, apologetics verse, so, or passage, whatever. Okay, so First Peter 3, 13 through 17. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be for if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. So 
I'm going to break this down into three parts um, of our apologetic strategy. And it should include boldness, knowledge, and love. So you see the boldness in this passage where it talks about having no fear for being zealous for what is good. And even if it costs us our lives, have no fear for our suffering will be blessed and it will bring God glory. The second section is knowledge. Always be prepared to make an offense to anyone, not just certain people, not at certain times, not when you're in church, not whenever you're in a coffee shop, at all times. Always be prepared. Always. You must have knowledge to be always prepared to make an offense to anyone. What are their an atheist, an agnostic, a Buddhist, a, um, Shin, they follow Shinto, whatever. We must always be prepared to make a defense to anyone for the hope that is in us. And then the third section we have is love. So when we're doing this and we're bold and we're knowledgeable, we must share the truth in a loving manner. We do this with all gentleness and respect. And that's hard. It's very hard. Especially when people are extremely harsh to you. And rude. And abhor the things that are, that are true and biblical. And love the things that are evil, injustice, unbiblical. You see, you show the image of God in all that you do. You see, whether you eat or drink, do it to the glory of God. So show the image of God in how you do your apologetics. You, when you do your apologetics, it should not be to of the motivation of, I want to seem intelligent. I want to gain respect. I want to be perceived or seen in this way. It should be to bring God glory and that they remember his name and not yours. You need to just pray honestly in all of these things that he would give you boldness, that he would give you knowledge, and that he would give you the ability to love. And that when people would hear what you say, and that when people would, when they'd have these discussions with you, that they would know the name of Jesus above all else. We need to follow and obey the first commandment. This is our first, this is our first commandment. You see, because John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. You see, loving one another includes telling the truth. Love is just not tolerance or acceptance or never hating anything or making anyone feel uncomfortable. Now, there is room for uh, context and knowing, like, you shouldn't just go up to someone you don't know and call out something that they do, but... We must love one another, and that would include the truth. 
because it would be evil to be neutral on any issue that is against the Bible. That's injustice. Injustice is anything that goes goes against the Bible or contradict the Bible. All right? So that is all for this episode. Uh, if you have any questions or you would like to be on the podcast, you or if you have any like recommendations for what you want me to talk about or discuss, you can direct message the, our Instagram page. Uh, I actually changed the name a little bit uh, so it's easier to find. But now it's aspiring underscore apologist dot podcast. That's aspiring underscore apologist dot podcast. Um, I also just created a Facebook page and it's just called aspiring apologist and you'll see the logo and the other podcasts that I've posted. Um, and on Twitter, yes, we have a Twitter page now. It's just called aspiring podcast. Uh, but thanks for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day and the, and a great rest of your week and I'll see you on the next podcast. But until then, bye.